0: Check us out at heartwaychurch.com give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Heartwave. If it's your first time, you're a VIP. This is my special VIP here that I met the other day. Any other VIPs? No, I don't want to embarrass you, but thank you for coming. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Oh. You guys don't know how they do it in like the old church world. Everybody who's here for the first time, raise your hand. Raise your hand this morning. Let me see. Raise your hand. We got a Bible for this person over here. We're going to get another Bible here. In fact, we're going to come and pray for you. Come on up, everybody who's new. (laughs) I'm just kidding, bro. This man really was getting up, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. So that dude who's a first-timer... Uh, was invited by this guy who's taking photos in the back. And he was like, yeah, this is my friend. We were at a car show yesterday, and I invited him to church. And he's like, why would I go to church? You know, like, that's not my thing. He's like, no, trust me. You want to come to this church. You're going to like this church. And now he's here. See how simple it is? Perfect. So we have been undergoing a collection of talks called It's Complicated. And it's been all about relationships. And today we are closing out this series. And I want to focus on the topic of healing a broken heart. Healing a broken heart. Look at what the scriptures say. Psalm 147 and verse 3. God heals the brokenhearted. Isn't that good news? That even if we feel broken, even if we feel beaten and tattered by life, God heals us. And he binds up our wounds. He heals our pain and comforts us in our sorrow. So, something that every single person in this room, everybody listening on the podcast has in common is that at one point or another in life, you will get your heart broken. It's just a part of what it means to be human. If you haven't gotten your heart broken yet, don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, it's going to be so fun. (laughs) Because you're going to learn how to work with it and move through it and heal from it. But this isn't just a relationship thing. It could be you broke up with a significant other. Could be something huge like a divorce. But it can also be the death of a loved one. It can also be the loss of a pet that you really love. It can also be the end of a friendship. Life is all about relationships. Relationships tend to have a beginning and an end. Some people are in it with you for the long haul. Other people are in it with you just for a season. And when those people who are in it just for a season are no longer in your life, oh my gosh, it can really, really hurt. But knowing and understanding that heartbreak is a universal human experience can actually help you bear the weight of it. A little more because you understand it's not just you it's one thing to suffer heartbreak it's another thing to feel isolated in the pain of heartbreak and so understanding that your experience the pain that you go through when relationships go south or when you lose somebody you love is common to all humanity can prevent you from sinking into this woe is me mentality this victimhood mentality that nobody gets you, life is totally against you, and no one gets it. I love that in the New Testament, there's this phrase that pops up over and over and again. It's this phrase, sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Look at what it says in this passage of scripture. Together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share In his suffering. So when we suffer, we are sharing in the suffering of Christ. And Christ's suffering represents all human suffering, which is why the scriptures say that we have a high priest who can relate to us and understand us because he's been in our shoes before. Christ's suffering is a stand in and representation of the suffering every single one of us undergo. So when we suffer, we are partaking in Christ's suffering. And by virtue of partaking in Christ's suffering, we're also sharing in the suffering of what it means to be human. So know that you're not alone. I was listening to this psychologist talk about heartbreak. And she was saying that the emotional pain that is caused from heartbreak actually activates the same areas of the brain that are triggered when we experience physical pain. Think about that. And some of us, we know that feeling. Like, I cannot eat. I can't sleep. Because the weight of this is so heavy. It's this agony. I was with somebody in the hospital this week. And this beautiful older lady who was losing her sister, who was dealing with strokes and a bunch of neurological issues. And something that she told me that really, like, hit me, she said, I don't think I'm going to be too far off behind my sister. So it was almost like she was just like giving up on life. She, she was looking in my eyes and telling me, I want to be with her. I don't want her to be alone. Can you imagine carrying so much pain that you lose the will to live? Some of us know what that's like through our experience. It's not easy. The pain of heartbreak can destroy you. So how do we heal when the wound goes so, so deep? First step. I'm just going to give you some practical steps. The first one is going to sound paradoxical and weird, but it's the truth. Stop trying to make the pain go away. Stop trying to make the pain go away. Look at what it says in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. This is a scripture that many say points to Christ. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. He was acquainted with it. A lot of us are trying to run away from the very thing God wants us to familiarize ourselves with. Instead of avoiding the pain, what if we can seek to understand what it has to teach us? Because remember, our pain is always connected to our purpose. So your wounds are what make you relatable to other people you will be able to help others the most who are going through the same things that you've been through in your life. So when you're able to speak that which is unspeakable in others, you give them the freedom to do the same. And in that vulnerability, guess what? There's healing. So the point isn't to run away from the pain. It's to become a student of it. And always remember that God has a message for you in the pain. For me personally, I don't have to guess what God is trying to teach me when I'm going through painful situations in my life. For me, it's all just one big lesson in letting go. And you may think, well, how far am I supposed to let go, Danny? All the way until you're clinging to nothing but God. And then if you want to get really radical about it, you stop clinging to even that. So that now you cling to nothing and you're just experiencing what it feels like to be held. It's not even me trying to hold on to God. I'm just being held by God. I'm flowing in the river of his grace. I'm open to all the possibilities that life has to offer to me. And whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether they're in my life or they're not, I'm being carried. And I trust in the flow and direction that God's grace is taking me in. Don't run away from the pain. The pain can get you to that place because it forces you to surrender. And so don't be quiet about it either. Talk about it. And don't just talk about it with one person. Use it to help other people, as many people as you can, who are going through similar things. So that's number one. Stop trying to make the pain go away. Number two is very related to number one. Don't rush the process. When I was in my early 20s, I used to love really throwing around some heavy weight, okay? These days, I take it easy on the tonal. I use the digital weight. That's not that heavy. But when I was really, you know, into myself and wanted to lift heavy weights, when I was on that bench press boy, I was just bouncing that thing off my chest. Look at how much I got. 315. Let's go. And one day, I was messing around and I found out what happens. When you bounce that bar with 300 pounds off of your chest, I tore the fibers of my chest. all oh, here I heard it. it was like I was like, oh my god, it was so painful, it was so bad. Went to the doctor. There was nothing they could do. It was just time that would heal it. But I refused to wait four to six months to get better. What will happen to my body if I don't work out for four to six months? Are you kidding me? I'm a, I'm going to be a stick. I can't walk around like this. I've worked too hard. So guess what good old Danny Prada did? He just kept going back, and he would bench and just push through it, and it was worse and worse, and it was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. worse. That pain stuck with me for at least three years. After the initial fact, when in reality, if I would have just taken it easy and not rushed the process, could have been over in four to six months. But because I really just tried to do my own thing, I wasn't patient with the process. I made it worse. Healing is about slowing down. It's not about speeding up. Slow down. And it's not a competition. You're not in a race with anybody everybody's on their own timetable. So just because you healed from a particular issue in the way that you did doesn't mean the other person is going to do it the same way. It may take them a much longer time. But nobody is better than anybody else because of it. See, some of us are very scared to express the truth of where we are in our healing journey because we're afraid of other people's judgments. And that's the truth. Some people will judge you. But the people who judge you for where you are are telling you a lot more about themselves than they are you. Because nobody who's spiritually mature and emotionally healthy will judge you for being wherever you are on your healing journey. So you might as well be open and honest about it. And when somebody doesn't accept where you are or tries to rush you along the process or doesn't seem to understand where you're coming from, now you know that this isn't a person that I can go to. Now you know this isn't somebody that I can really trust with my pain. But I'm not going to stop being vulnerable, being real, being honest about where it is that I am in the process. What matters is that your intention is to grow. If your intention is to grow through the pain, it doesn't matter where you are in your healing journey, you're headed in the right direction. If your intention, on the other hand, is to stop the pain, to ignore the pain, to run away from the pain, we end up looking to sources that ultimately will provide short-term satisfaction but long-term misery. So whether we give ourselves completely and totally to work or whether it's a substance thing or whether it's sex or whether it's money, if we try and rid ourselves of the pain or forget the pain or ignore the pain by going to these outlets It may make you feel better for a little while. But can I tell you something that I've learned? Your pain will continue to haunt you until you accept what it has to teach you. And some of us are really stubborn. We got to learn things more than once, and that's okay. So we got to give ourselves the permission to heal from things more than once. Because you may feel today like everything's okay. And it doesn't bother me anymore. And yeah, I forgave that person. And yeah, no, I'm not even thinking about that anymore. And then tomorrow comes. (laughs) And it hits you like a ton of bricks. And if you're not careful, you start judging yourself and beating yourself up about the fact that now you have to deal with this again. And you definitely don't want to bring it up to somebody that you've talked to about this a million times and who you feel is tired of hearing you talk about. You see how we can get into this whole thing? This is about you God, and your freedom. And the truth will always set you free. So give yourself that permission to heal from things more than once. Don't rush the process. Learn how to enjoy the process because all of life is healing. So you might as well see the healing journey as a sacred one. When those emotions come up, this is God's messenger for me. What are you here to teach me? When you're going through this Trial period. Consider it God's training ground for you. You're learning. You're growing. You're getting stronger. So stop trying to make the pain away. Don't rush the process. Number three, really important, work on trusting and accepting yourself. Work on trusting and accepting yourself. One of the hardest things for us to do when we experience heartbreak of any sort is to trust people again. It's very hard for us to open our heart again and say, I'm going to trust because the last time that I did, this happened. So we don't want anything to do with that anymore. Well, of course, that's normal. That's reasonable. That's understandable. Here's one way to try and work around this. What if instead of Putting all of your energy and focus on trying to trust other people, again, you focus on trusting yourself. What does that mean? Can I develop my character in such a way that I can trust in my ability to choose the right partner and the right relationships? See, some of us only get entangled in unhealthy situations with other people because we are unhealthy ourselves. If I am a quality person, I can trust in my ability to choose quality people because I'll be able to pick up the signs. I'll be able to know because I'm living it. I'm being it. But if all I know is toxicity, I'm going to think that's normal. I'm going to ignore all the red flags because I have needs that need to be met. You understand how this goes? So this is why character development is one of the most important things that we can do as human beings. Because we make better choices when we become healthier people. So this doesn't mean there's not going to be any risk involved if you're healthy, if you're mature. Now you're always going to just pick the perfect people that are never going to hurt you. No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. Because things will still happen. People play really funny games and they're really good at the games that they play we're masters of disguise and pretend as human beings so there's no way around it but at least if you adopt this framework you won't be gambling away your trust anymore you'll be investing it intentionally you understand it's not so much that I'm trusting you I'm trusting in my ability to choose a quality person And yeah, sure, you may let me down, but it's okay, because what else do I got? (laughs) You know, this is all I can go with. The other side of this is learning how to accept yourself. It's very hard to do that, because sometimes when we feel we've been rejected or abandoned by other people, all of our insecurities start to rise to the surface, and we start to believe, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't have worth. Maybe I'm not enough in and of myself. And the truth is, you may not be enough for them, but that doesn't mean you're not enough. You may not be sufficient in their eyes, but that doesn't mean you're not sufficient in the eyes of God. Your worth doesn't fluctuate on the basis of other people accepting you or not. Your worth is rooted and grounded in God who fully accepts you and sees the totality of your sufficiency as you are. And nothing that you do could ever change that. So the key is for you to accept you because when you accept yourself, you have less of a problem when other people don't accept you. When you understand that you are enough in your own eyes, you're okay if you don't meet the standard and criteria of other people. In fact, you respect them. I don't meet your standard, I'm not enough for you, I respect that. I'm enough for me. So just because you reject me doesn't mean I'm going to reject myself. We fall into this trap. I hope y'all are listening to this one because we really fall into this trap so easy. That's what destroys us. No, no, no. I am enough. Just because I'm not enough for you doesn't mean I'm not enough. The scriptures say God is for you. So if God is for you, don't be against yourself, because you're all you got. You need you on your side. And guess what? When you fully accept yourself, you can be real and honest with yourself about the changes you may need to make to be better in relationships with others. It's not like accept myself means this is what I am and you just gotta deal with it and blah, blah, blah and that energy is not what I'm talking about, everybody. <laughs> Because some of y'all will use this, twist it up, and start being that. And say, Pastor Danny said. No, I didn't. No, I did not. No, I did not. No, I did not. But the beauty of accepting yourself and knowing I am enough, even if it's I'm not enough for you, I am enough. You can respect the other person. And the way that they feel, and you can also say, "Hey, there's some ways I can level up and step it up." So we get mad about it sometimes, but you know we're in relationships for a long time, and then it doesn't work out sometimes, and then you see your ex partner being for the other person what they weren't for you, and you're like, "What? They never were all of those wonderful things for me." Well. And I, I did all this training. I trained this person. And now, and now this other person is getting the benefit of it. Y'all understand how that goes? Well, I mean, I, it is what it is, I guess. I, I know I'm going to be better for my next partner. Because I'm, I've learned and grown from my last one. That's that's what it is. So that was a good one. Work on trusting and accepting yourself. Okay. I'm passionate about that one. It's important. Okay, number four. This one's so hard. This one's so hard but so good. Tap into the power of gratitude. Some of you are thinking, "Where where did you get these steps, Danny? Life. Okay. Life. Tap into the power of gratitude. All right? When you go through tough times, your mind, oh, man, the, the, the things that come up in your mind. It's so much easier for your mind to bring up all the negative stuff. So much easier for your mind to recount all the ways that they hurt you, that they didn't affirm you, that they betrayed you. The only way, listen, the only way. Some of y'all are not going to want to hear this, but the only way to truly let go of a person is by being grateful for what they gave to you when they were in your life. It's the only way. Because the bitterness and the resentment will keep that connection there and eat you up alive on the inside. So gratitude protects you from the poison of resentment. And yes, it is poison. Poison that you're drinking. So we got to be willing to find those things that we can be grateful for. Yes, that person may not be in your life anymore, but there was one point in time when they were and they met your needs and they added something of value to you and you wanted them there as difficult as they were to be around, (laughs) right? And so can you tap into this power of gratitude? Every time your mind brings up the junk, Every time your mind gets into victim mode, every time you want to just feel horrible for yourself. And by the way, some of us, we go to court against the other person and we're doing a, a whole defense in our mind. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. But in our own mind, well, yeah, well, you know what, this is why I did this and that person did that. And that. we're in our mind, we're winning arguments in our mind that no one cares about. So, every time you want to win this argument, this imaginary argument against someone else in your mind, three years after the fact, find something to be grateful for. (laughs) Just practice gratitude, guys. And if it doesn't feel natural at first, just keep going. Eventually it will. And you know what will feel unnatural? The bitterness the resentment, the hate, the jealousy, the victimhood you you're, you're going to st- those thoughts will come up and say, "Oh, this is yucky. This is not me. This is not me. I'm having a good day today." And I am grateful for the time that I had them in my life. That gratitude can set you free if you practice. I was talking to this woman who she saw uh, one day I was eating lunch in the cafeteria at the hospital and she saw a picture of my daughter On my phone Callie you guys know Callie right (laughs) my daughter and she's like oh my god the dogs and so she started telling me that she's been fostering dogs her whole life and I don't know why I guess because I'm always thinking about these like existential life issues I asked her the question I said how do you deal with the loss of these pets that you love so much? Because, you know, I mean, I think about it sometimes. Callie's four. <laughs> one day she's going to be 14 before you know it. All right? So I was like, oh, how did you deal with that? How do you, how do you deal with the, with the heartbreak that comes? And she told me this story about one of her dogs who had, like, cancer or something. And she said that one night the dog went into bed with her they were together, and she knew that these were her dog's final moments, and her dog breathed her last breath next to her in bed. Can you imagine that? I said, how, how are you able to go and foster another dog? Like, how are you able not to get so depressed by that? You know what she told me? She said, The gratitude saved me from despair. The gratitude saved me from despair. I was so grateful that that was our last moment. Instead of thinking, oh my God, my dog just died. And this is horrible. I'm so grateful that this was the last moment I got to share. You see what gratitude can do? It just shifts your focus. It shifts your perspective. So practice gratitude. And then, last but not least, give yourself closure. Nobody else is going to give it to you. Closure is something that only you can give to yourself. Only you have the power to turn a new leaf, to end a chapter, start writing a new one. But what it's going to take is you mustering up the courage with God's help. Ask God. God will help you. Ask God to give you the courage to say, you know what? Even though this hurts, even though it's painful, I'm not going to allow this to get the best of me. I'm going to keep moving on. Moving on doesn't mean I'm just leaving it behind. No, we never completely leave it behind. So moving on doesn't mean I'm leaving it behind. It just means I'm carrying it with me as wisdom. Instead of carrying it with me as trauma, I'm carrying it with me as wisdom. Here's something you can take to the bank. Life goes on. If you don't go on with it, you will suffer tremendously. Some of us have a hard time going on because we need to know why. Mm -hmm. And we don't have an answer to that question, why. We need an explanation. But having an explanation doesn't necessarily make the pain go away. You could know why, and you're still going to deal with the emotions that you're dealing with. So sometimes the most reasonable thing to do is to stop looking for a reason and just let it be what it is. And instead of trying to make sense out of it, make something good out of it. We put so much emphasis and focus on trying to make sense out of what happened. Well, instead of trying to make sense out of it, focus on bringing good out of it. And then you'll start to see why. The pain is connected to the purpose. You tap into the purpose, the pain now all of a sudden captures a meaning beyond anything you could have imagined it could mean when you were going through it. I was talking to somebody this week about uh, Dr. Seuss, little quote from Dr. Seuss that I read. How does it go? It said, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Isn't that good? Dr. Seuss, everybody. (laughs) One last quote. Look at this quote. This is us. I'm proud of my heart. It's been played, stabbed, cheated, burned, and broken, but somehow it still works. Mm. If, your heart, if your heart still works after going through all of that, your brave soul, your courageous soul, God is with you. You're courageous enough to have an open heart. Powerful. Don't ever let the world take that from you. Don't let bitterness take that from you. This is what we need. People who are willing to say, I'm still going to open up again. I'm still going to put myself out there. I'm still going to take the risk, even though I know it hurts. Because what is life if I don't live it with an open heart? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you heal the brokenhearted, that you mend our wounds, that you comfort us in our sorrow. There are so many of us that are experiencing pain because of relationships that have ended because of divorces that we've gone through, because of deaths that we've experienced, because of friends that we have lost. And today, God, we ask you to help us. Help us stop trying to run away from the pain, but to familiarize ourselves with it, to understand the message you have embedded in that pain for us. Help us not to rush this process or compare ourselves to other people to be vulnerable, to use our pain to help others. Help us to trust ourselves again, to accept ourselves, to know and understand our value and worth, irrespective of how others may see us. Help us to tap into the power of gratitude. Help us to give ourselves closure. And by the power of your Spirit and through your grace, help us to keep our hearts open, no matter what, God. We're going to continue moving forward, knowing that you have a good plan and purpose for our life. And that every person that you bring into our life comes for a reason. So we thank you, God, even for the heartbreak, even for the pain. Because it's making us stronger. And it's developing us in ways that we could never imagine. We open ourselves up to this process. Amen amen all right everybody hey before we go next week we're starting a new collection of talks it's called spirit and truth and this this collection of talks is going to be all about the way that jesus's message challenges conventional christian understandings and so i invite you to come join us it's going to be wonderful and invite a friend bye guys take it easy